0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Golf Strong Project, episode six, coming in hot six weeks in a row here of the Golf Strong Project. My name is Dr. Jackson Taylor, and I am joined, as always, by my esteemed and intelligent Bostonian colleague, Dr. Tim Revoto. Tim, what's up, bro?
1: Nothing. Just enjoying a Friday here. What's up with you?
0: Six. <laughs> What an exciting day in Boston! Tim pointed out for those of you not watching on YouTube, I'm rocking my my Masters Friday shirt today, just because I can. So just having a the Friday, green, the green and white stripes are just out. Felt good. Felt felt nice. We're just enjoying it, and uh, it's all. It's Friday. It's the end of the week. You know, we don't That's normally it. record on Fridays, so just yeah. And I've I had been, a golf
1: I've, lesson this week too. Oh. I oh. may have made the breakthrough that's going to just make me a PGA champion. I think I found it on Wednesday. My man, Pat Bigelow, he found it.
0: Yeah, uh, 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 I found the Fountain of Youth last week, too.
1: <laughs> it's down near you in Florida, isn't it? It, it is. Somewhere around
0: there. St. Augustine, El Fountain of Youth. I wouldn't recommend drinking anything from it, but <laughs> if you want to, you're welcome to catch bacterialitis. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Got some libations with us. It's Friday. We're feeling funky. All's good. So, today's topic. We're going to talk about power, which is as we have said before, the golf is a power sport. It's not an endurance sport. It's not even technically a strength sport. It's not a it's not even really a mix of those things like football or rugby or sports like that. It's a power sport. So we're going to talk about what power is, what speed looks like, why strength matters with power, why you need power, uh, not just on the golf course, but off the golf course, and then talk about some misconceptions that are brought around power and what that looks like because the world is full of them. Everybody in their mama right now is trying to get more club head speed. Ever since Bryson went through his soiree into swing the club as fast as I can, everybody's getting super speeds and everybody is trying to swing super fast and they're trying to mimic those things in the gym. And so we're going to kind of break all that down today. Talk to you a little bit about what that looks like and uh, roll from there. So Tim, what is power?
1: Yeah, power is it philosophical. It's a, it's a big question for a Friday afternoon.
0: <laughs> who who is power? What is power? Who has it? Who wields it?
1: <laughs> we could go in so many directions here. But Absolutely. I'll stay I'll stay in the exercise realm here. We'll start down. Um, good choice. <laughs> uh, so power just comes down to how much force can you create in how little time? Right? So we want to move whatever weight or implement club where we're trying to move whatever force we're trying to create and do it as fast as we possibly can.
0: So what is the difference between power and strength? Because those are two different things. So we should delineate that now.
1: Definitely. Yeah. So strength would just be your maximal ability to generate force. Right. So like if you can, if you can squat 500 pounds once, doesn't matter if it takes you a half hour to do it or a second. <laughs> you got the strength to do it.
0: <laughs> Five hundred right? pound, thirty minute squat. Just,
1: just, <laughs> just. <laughs> RBP through the roof.
0: <laughs> I love that. That's awesome.
1: Um, so that that's strength, right? And then if we're talking power, we're we have an element of strength, right? Can you lift or move whatever you, you're trying to move? But how fast can you do that? So we're, we're adding in that speed element, that time element.
0: Right. So if you want a simple equation for it, power is force divided by time. That's really, that's really what we're working for. Or you could think of it as work. And work is force divided by distance. We won't get into the crazy physics. Just think of it as force over time. How much force can I produce? And what is the time it takes for me to do it? And we want to make that time. We want to increase the force in a shorter period of time. That is what power is. So when we think of the golfer, the golf swing takes a grand total of what? One point something seconds.
1: Yeah. Just over a second, second and a half. Just
0: over a second. Yeah. Second and a half. So very fast, very violent, very fast. Whereas a mat, I'll give you an example. So powerlifting, if you are deadlifting max deadlift, right? For the, the novice person, even for people that really compete in it at a high levels, it's going to take you, a few seconds to stand up. I know in my personal experience, I've power lifted competitively, Olympic lifted competitively, I would deadlift and it would take me, you know, a couple of seconds to get to my knee. And then it could take me upwards of three, four five seconds to stand up. Right. It's not moving fast. In fact, off the ground, it almost looked like I'm not even moving and then eventually it starts to go. So that is strength. Now, if I was able to pick that thing up and sling it overhead, that is power. It's how much I it's how much weight I can take and move it quickly. So there are some differences there. In fact, if for those of you that are on you or watching this on YouTube right now, I'm going to pull up a couple from recently from the Olympic trials, the two shot putters. And we're going to kind of talk about what that power looks like because if golfers are power athletes as we have claimed, that means they are more likely related to shot put, discus, javelin, sprinting those are what those sports are it's fast very fast very powerful movements and the shot put is a good example of that so i'm going to share my screen and we're going to take a look at the guy who finished first and second they're both different people one is a little bit taller one's a little bit shorter stockier and we're going to see how fast they move and how much force they're actually producing so let me do that right now
1: let's Window. see
0: Boom, here it is. All right, so the first one is Ryan Krauser, who actually is the winner. So, uh, Tim, can you see that?
1: Yep. Let's Perfect. Play. All right, let's play. And keep keep talking through for our uh, audio people. So you can see he starts off
0: spin throw, and he knows from the get-go he just set a world record. So, And I Instantly. think, dude, didn't he break that by eight inches?
1: Yeah. It was his own record and he broke it by like, yeah, it was at least six inches.
0: 23.37 meter throw. So obviously for those of you that are not seeing this, you can't tell, but you know, the shot put is basically two spins and throwing this giant (laughs) heavy piece of concrete as far as you can. 16 pounds. Yeah. 16 pounds, 23.37 meters. To call that violent is an understatement. He is moving an object super quickly. Now, understand something. He has to do that quickly because if he were to take a really slow spin and then just kind of slowly push the ball out. Sure, he has the strength to move it, but it's how much strength can he or how much strength can he show throwing that a distance? How far can he throw that? That is power. The fact that he can hold it and move it is his strength. How far he can throw it? is really telling us a lot about his power. The second guy actually gives you a little bit better idea of this, and this is Joe Kovacs. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but he got second. Watch how violent this guy is when he throws. And for those who aren't watching, this guy is moving at stupid speed.
1: Yeah, you can just see, like, even in his little windup that he does there, and then he spins, like, oh, twice, I think, on his on his front yeah. foot after he throws it. I mean, there's so much speed there.
0: In terms of time, so eight seconds to so in two seconds,
1: two seconds. under two yeah.
0: seconds, he's thrown that thing twenty-one meters and something. I mean, just wild, wild, wild distance, and that's and kind of the got key.
1: different. If if you can't see it, one guy's six seven three twenty, right? So that's Ryan yeah. Krauser. Yep. He's tall, lanky. I mean, he's a big dude. He's over three hundred pounds. But the other guy, Joe, is six feet tall, and he's oh. three hundred pounds. So So he's shorter, right about the same weight, but one's really tall and long. One's really short and, and kind of stock muscle hamster, uh, muscle hamster look like, uh, who's that? Doug, Doug Martin. Is that the muscle hamster?
0: Is that the muscle
1: hamster? I don't know. It's (laughs) It's
0: such a terrific name. (laughs)
1: Uh, But one, you know, one guy's like the bigger lineman looking guy and one guy's kind of a you know, just short powerlifting kind of gymnast looking guy.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so for those of you that aren't watching or those of you that are watching, why the hell are we looking at shot putters? Like we're golfers. We don't, we're not 300 pounds, although some of us could be, I suppose. Um, Like we don't have to do that. The point of showing you that is that those athletes mimic what golfers have to be able to do from a trainable qualities perspective. So golfers have to be, Powerful, strong, and mobile. Not necessarily in that order. But those are the three big qualities that we look for in golfers. And that shot putter right there is outrageously strong and outrageously powerful. They can produce very, very high levels of force very quickly, which is what allows them to throw the shot put that far. So in our case, we don't have a 16-pound implement. We have a club head which weighs, what, anywhere between a pound-ish. So you can actually move that quite quickly, right? It's only a pound, but our goal with the golf swing is, especially when we're talking about clubhead speed, how quickly can we take that clubhead, move it through an arc and hit the ball, right? The more we can increase that clubhead speed, all things being equal, we'll talk about this a little bit later, that ball will go further. So our goal is to increase our power. Our ability to produce force quickly, which is the club head coming through. So how, what are the two ways that we can produce more force? Like if if there were two things we had to look at.
1: Yeah, I think the two, the the first one that we can talk about would be just get stronger, right? right? Be able to produce more force without th- even thinking about speed for a minute, just being being stronger, being able to produce more force right. is going to help your power because it's the top of that fraction, right? If we're talking force divided by distance, if we make the force really big, our power is going to go up. Math. It's math. Fractions. One's fractions? Third grade? Fourth grade? I hated them, though. I know that. I
0: have no idea. There like the mixed fractions where you had to like multiply the top and divide. And uh, anyway, I don't know. I don't think I could do that now, but he makes a good point. So that's actually why that equation can be helpful when you talk about power. So you're talking about force over time. So if you increase the force, naturally your power goes up. If you decrease the time, your power goes up. Right? so those are all things that are trainable but under and so this is me personally and I try to develop power as quickly as I can you have to have a strong base your foundation must be strong if you have a weak base or if you're not very strong you just can't produce that much force that's really all there is to it because again that force component is low so if you think about two people you know say Tim and I are producing force and I produce, Five hundred and Tim produces seven hundred, and both of us do it in two seconds. The time is no different, but I'm stronger and can produce more force. Right, so even without that time getting better, the stronger I am, the more force I can produce in that time frame. And so that is an important thing for me. Is when I'm taking someone through, you know, they're a new client or they've not done much training, I just want to make them stronger. I want to increase the force component of that equation. And by just doing that, I can then make them more powerful. Now, for a more advanced or intermediate to advanced lifter who has a good amount of strength, then we're looking at how can I decrease that time? Not just increase that uh, force, but make that time go down. You know, producing the same force, but watch that time dip. You know, it's moving that club head with better speed, you know, that club head speeds increasing over time. That's something that might happen a little bit later, but just getting you stronger part a part B. Now we can start really training the force or the power the speed component of that.
1: That's it. It's like uh learning how to drive, right? You're not just going to first time you go driving, go out on the highway. Yeah. Right. I, I can remember the first time I drove. I had driven before just like uh, joy rides and stuff, right? But get my permit. Dad comes home, new car. He's like, hey, jump in the car. Let's go around the block. I think I drove like 10 miles an hour the whole way, 15 miles an hour. <laughs> so nervous, right? And, and with him sitting there, new car, driving around. So that's that's like starting exercise, right? You're just getting into it, getting used right. to the movements you're getting kind of showing your body like, all right, this is what we do when, when we're trying to, you know, exercise or do whatever. And then as you build up that experience, you're comfortable going on the highway and driving fast and moving fast and that sort of thing.
0: And it's smooth and it's a smooth controlled. So unlike Tim, I did the complete opposite. (laughs) I, uh, so we would pick up my buddy from, or for school, I'd be driving my dad's truck. We get on the road and if it was like 45, like I would stay under forty-five. I went from zero to forty-five as fast as I could go. <laughs> I propelled with the metal, and I didn't have good control. My dad would like smack me in the head. The hell are you doing? But like I wanted to go really quickly, but I couldn't control that speed. Right. So that's where strength comes into, or what Tim was just talking about, where I got better at driving. I could control it a little bit better. So think of control as strength. The stronger I am, the more I can control. The speed of the movement. So, first things first, it's um, how much force can I produce? How strong can I get? And then, how fast can I produce that force? So, can I drive, you know, 65 miles an hour? How quickly can I get to 65 miles an hour? So, we want to take you from driving a four cylinder to a Ferrari with Mm -hmm. control. Right with all-wheel drive, like the it's it's controlled violence. Think of the golf swing as controlled violence. It's not just swinging as hard as I can and everything's out of whack. It's how violent can I can be and how smooth can I can be. And you can look at that with the shot putters we just watched. You know, although it's a violent movement, it's very elegant. It's very smooth. They are very controlled with that movement and that. And then go same thing with sprinters. When you watch a sprinter, they're not like. Really rigid. They're very smooth. Smooth is fast and fast is smooth. And that's something that we have to understand, excuse me, when it comes to power. So why in the game of golf do we need power? Let's talk a little bit about what we just talked about, you know, shot put and all of that. But what does power do for the golfer? I mean, let's just talk about what it does in terms of the money list right now. About yeah, what I mean the distance does for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, all the guys that are up on the money list are the longest hitters in the game and there's no, I I don't really think it's a mistake or there's anything erroneous about that right there. There've been some, I think Titleist did some work on this where if you add 10 yards to all your clubs or at least your driving distance, you can add like half a shot around or so. If you add 20 yards, you're adding over a shot around. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's pretty considerable.
0: Well, and keep in mind a mile per hour of clubhead speed gives you what, roughly a few yards.
1: I was going to say like three, I think three,
0: I think it's three, like three point something yards. So one mile extra of clubhead speed is three yards. If, if you did three miles per hour, you're almost to that 10 yard mark, right? Six miles per hour. Obviously we're looking at the 20 yard mark. So that's not a ton of changing club head speed, especially for a novice, uh, either golfer or a novice who's not been in the gym very much, right? We're right. trying to maximize those things and they can they can easily be done. And as to your point, the top drivers are all, you know, that whole thing was, you know, putt or uh, drive for show, putt for dough. That's completely bunk because putting does tend to kind of come and go, but all the distance guys are the one winning. So clearly it's drive for dough. <laughs> That's big time. It it needs to be changed because that's clearly the case specifically in the PGA tour. But honestly, even with amateurs, you know, if you're playing with them, I mean, I've got guys now that, you know, if they drive it, you know, they were driving at say 220 to 230, right. Pretty average drives for your general amateur. They get up to like 250, 260. That is life changing for their game. Big time. Right. Life changing. And that's only, I mean, they are not working remotely on power. They are strictly just getting stronger.
1: Yeah, And I see and that we're not time only, and
0: time and time again.
1: And we're not only talking about driver, right? We're talking the whole back. Absolutely. So that goes from a short, you know, maybe a short par four or long par three that you used to have to really, I don't know, maybe hit a four iron or hit like a three wood.
0: Right. Some kind of You hybrid. can hit
1: like a six iron. You can hit like a six iron. Yeah. Get the same distance. You have a lot more control with a shorter club and a more lofted club and you're hitting the ball just the same distance. So, I mean that it, it carries over to the whole bag, not only from the tee, can you get as close to the green as you can so that you're hitting like a easy wedge versus a six iron, but also just the entire bag. You know, if yeah. you're at 160 yards, are you trying to hit a pitching wedge or are you trying to hit a seven iron? Cause I <laughs> can tell you which one I feel more comfortable with in my hands. Which one I'd rather hit. And I I think I can speak for a lot of people when I say that.
0: Versus the one you actually hit. (laughs) Versus the one you have to hit. (laughs) That's for sure. Don't worry. I can perfectly fess up to the fact that the other day I was like 170 out, give or take. And I didn't feel comfortable. I stand corrected. I didn't know I was 170 yards out. I was like, to or I thought I was like 215 ish so or 210ish. So I took my five iron. I got out there and it's like 170, 168. and I was like I was like okay, so I shouldn't like full swing this. The best shot I hit all day was like a three quarter five iron. I was like, that's it. I will never pull another club <laughs> out of my bag. only five irons from like 160 to 215. End of story. I'll just change how I hit it. Because now I feel (laughs) confident in my five iron. But in all reality, yeah, I probably should have had like a seven iron.
1: Yeah. So the bottom line there is know your distance, but (laughs) (laughs) adjust. Relearn your distance distance distance. when you get stronger and more powerful. Exactly. Adjust it.
0: But that's an important point. So a lot of people get stronger and then they get upset that their scores go up. They're like, you know, I was shooting in like the low 80s or the mid 80s and now I'm shooting like you know, high eighties, I'm shooting some low nineties. I'm like, okay, well, you know, what's going on? Let's, let's figure this out. And a lot of times they're hitting over the green or they're hitting into hazards that they're not used to hitting into but they're not keeping track of their distances. It is very important that as you get stronger you're going either to a simulator or you've got some kind of track man or you're just measuring it however you've got access to some kind of footage or a pro is looking at it because you have to change your distances. You know, if your pitching wedge and your seven iron or six iron or whatever get closer, you really need to know that because that will change the entire way that you approach the game of golf strictly by getting stronger.
1: Absolutely. And it's, uh, it can, it can be tough. I just went through it myself this spring, right? Where I made a couple of swing changes. I had 15, I got 15 more yards in a lot of my clubs. So in June, my scores went up cause I was flying greens. I was hitting, right. you know, what I trusted or what I thought and flying the green. And then I'd try, you know, I'd, I wouldn't trust a certain club and hit it thin cause I was swinging too hard. It, so it, it does take a little bit of time to adjust to kind of figure it out. And I think especially with exercise technique is one thing, right? You can work on your technique and get more efficient, which is uh, what we'll talk about kind of next. But, when you're getting stronger, you have to trust that you don't have to try harder. Your body can just do more. Yep. You know,
0: to, to piggyback on that, understand something as well, which we've talked about before, which is just because something is fast does not mean we are volitionally trying to go really hard. Most of the time, when we try to swing our club really fast, shit goes awry. Mm -hmm. You know, your face opens up and you're gripping the, club really hard. That's not what we want. Like we had just discussed the point of this is that we get you stronger. And in the gym specifically, take the golf club out of your hand in the gym, we're working on things that allow you to produce force quickly, and then let that transfer to the golf course. A lot of times, there are times where we will have clients go out and swing the golf club as fast as they physically can. However, it's very short doses. I just had this conversation with a guy I did an evaluation on the other day. He went out and he hit as hard as he could for a half hour at like two or three swings a minute. You're not producing any power there, right? Understand that power requires time between sets and 100% of your effort, not 90%, not 80%, not 95%. 100% 100% of your effort because you're trying to increase your ability, your top end, highest speed possible, right? Usain Bolt did not run hundred meter dashes like six or seven in a row in an hour. I think somebody was now, obviously he's a highly trained athlete. He ran fast like every few months, mm-hmm. one time or something along yeah. those lines, right? And in golf, naturally you really never swing at your fullest potential. So when we're training it, the point of it is just to increase your max capacity. Because then when you get on the golf course, if you hit 85% of whatever that max is, it's much higher. 85% of a higher number is going to be better. Hopefully everybody understands that concept. You know, 85% of a 16-inch pizza is better than 85% of a 12-inch pizza. You're getting more out of it. And now I super just want to get pizza. (laughs)
1: Me too. Pizza and beers on a Friday.
0: Yeah, currently I'm enjoying a little little bourbon libation because it's Friday and I love bourbon. To all of our bourbon listeners on here, please send your ideas in. Let me know what kind of drinks you like. What your favorite is? For the record, Blanton's is my favorite by far. Uh, I think my godfather somehow has accumulated way too many bottles now. I will not tell you where he lives. Because people will probably start trying to rob him. But uh, it is my the Buffalo Trace Distillery. Everything they make, gold. I have no idea how we got into this rabbit hole. But anyways.
1: I'm here for it. It's it's a beautiful
0: thing. All right. So let's get into misconceptions. You know, the things that people misunderstand about power training uh, specifically. And you know, kind of what that looks like. And to start with uh, it's misconceptions about what movements to do. So Mm -hmm. as I just said, it's not just swinging a club head quickly. So Tim, what are, what is that big misconception about like what the movement has to look like? Does it need to look like the golf swing?
1: Yeah, that's our number one. And the biggest thing is it does not have to look like the golf swing. I mean, it can super speed guys have done a ton of work. They're like, 30 different knockoffs of super speed now with hanging balls and weights and different things that look like golf clubs. Yeah. It does not have to look like a golf swing at all. And actually, so the guys at TPI have looked into this and they found that, so they had people throw medicine balls that look like a golf swing, right? Like turn, stand sideways facing the wall, turn and throw that ball into the wall. Like you're hitting a, hitting a ball or just do uh, like box jumps, vertical jumps um, and like slamming or chest pass, like throwing a chest pass in basketball. And the jump in chest pass group increased their club head speed, had more distance on all their shots compared to the group that did stuff that looked like a golf swing. So you do not have to make it look like a golf swing.
0: Louder for the people in the back. There is nothing more important than what Tim just said. That was, he even said it eloquently. It was just everything about that was just beautiful. Been waiting all week. ah, Waiting all week. You've been saying it in the mirror every morning. That is the God's honest truth. Exercises do not need to look like the golf swing. In fact, we can argue that they shouldn't look like the golf swing, especially when it comes to power producing movements. If you're taking a medicine ball and trying to throw it like it is, or produce a golf-like swing, that changes how your body swings. Your motor patterns have to change because it's a heavier ball. So you have to adjust your weight differently. Your hips have to be differently. You have to counter that load. The golf club is one pound. Let the golf club be its own thing. Let the swing be its own thing. We can train speed still with a golf club, but let's use our regular golf club. You know, even the super speed guys, as much as I think that that does have some benefit in a lot of ways, I don't use that as much because I found that if I can get people to be powerful in the gym, I see changes with their golf swing and I'm not affecting how they swing the golf club. Because if I affect how they swing the golf club, then the golf pro goes, what the hell happened to your swing? We have to make some changes here, Right? right? Trainable qualities all day, every day. No problem.
1: That's, yeah, that's my biggest concern is watching people do like a lot of reps of the, those rotations and just thinking like the only thing that's going to get you better at hitting a golf ball is swing is hitting a golf ball. So if you're trying to get more power or more speed, just focus on that. Don't even interfere. Like I think we've all, if we played baseball, uh, growing up, like you play wiffle ball in the summer. And then your yeah. swing in summer baseball goes to shit because you're just trying to hit home runs or, you, you know, yeah, you, you, it just totally changes. And then you go so, to your actual game and you're like, wow, I suck. Yeah. You, well, you just spent hours and hours every day screwing yourself up. Then when it's time to actually show up, you know, you can't.
0: So great. Or I think this is a great example. Maybe it's not. I used this the other day uh, in a seminar that I did. I was talking about basketball players. Do you know? Why basketball players don't shoot a heavier basketball in training? Because in the game, you don't use a heavier basketball,
1: <laughs>
0: right? If I'm shooting something that's six pounds, I'm not going to be a better shooter when I go get a regular basketball. That doesn't help me. I'm going to be inaccurate. I'm not going to have the same touch. I'm going to. My motor pattern is going to be like, the fuck, this thing is too heavy. I just said the F word on here. Shoot, (laughs) getting fired up on a Friday. Sorry, people. (laughs) You can blurt it out. It's all good. But it's the same. That's the problem, though. I said that to people. I'm like, that doesn't help you. It doesn't help you to throw a heavier baseball because you don't actually throw that baseball in the game. Right? I just want to make your tissues and your muscles and your motor patterns faster and stronger but not necessarily in the pattern of the sport, which is what we see in golf. In fact, I think our best our best correlates to improved clubhead speed are the chest pass and I think the vertical jump are the two big,
1: vertical the jump. higher
0: you can jump, yep. the further you can hit the ball, which segues lovely into, well, Jackson and Tim, I'm old. I can't jump. Or I don't jump, my knees bother me, et cetera, et cetera. So if I can't jump, then I can't get any more powerful. Tim, debunk this myth for us.
1: Wrong, wrong. Yeah, there's, I mean, there, are, uh, who was it that said this? I think Scott Morrison. There are a thousand ways to wiggle a weight, right? Oh,
0: I freaking love Scott. I did his class, I did his sloppable loading two years ago me in Boston. Too. Great course. Oh, guys, awesome. In Shout Boston? out to Scott Morrison in Boston, you- yeah.
1: I was there. No, you weren't. Yeah, at uh, Zach Kapoor's place. Yeah. All right, we'll talk about this off air. Holy crap! I'm pretty sure I was there. yeah, yeah, dude. I was, sure there. I was there.
0: there with my buddy Eric.
1: Okay, so passing ships in the night. Wow. Um, but to get back on tr- on track here, um, million different ways you, that you can improve power. Right. So, right. without your feet leaving the ground, yeah. you can just control, like maybe just do a squat or sit down and try to stand up as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. Or, um, really, really what it comes down to is emphasize speed in one portion of your movement. Right? So you don't have to throw anything. You don't have to leave the ground. You can stay planted on the ground and just one portion of the movement, try to move as fast as you friggin' can.
0: And understand that that doesn't mean that the load is heavy. In Mm. fact, we want the load when you're talking about true speed, not strength speed, because those are different things. Contrary to popular belief, strength speed is going to have like a 30 to 70% one RM load. Speed Mm -hmm. is South of 30% in terms of like a one RM load. So if I could pick up a stone that's 200 pounds and that's the max I could do, I need that stone to actually weigh like, 15 pounds or 10 pounds or like really, really low. And I want to move that thing as violently as possible. So if we're talking about a med ball slam, reach the ball up overhead, slam it into the ground. I am thinking in my mind, and I will tell athletes and clients this, I want you to think that the ground needs to be cracked. That what you throw into the ground, I want you to think about breaking the floor. Like as violent as you can be into the ground, right? Same thing with a squat or with like a band press or anything that ends up being, or throwing a med ball overhead. So for people that don't want to jump, sometimes just doing like a mini squat and trying to throw a ball up overhead as high as you can actually will produce more force because your legs are having to quickly, violently produce force. If it's a goblet squat, sit with control, like Tim was just saying, drive out of it. Violence, violence, violence. Controlled violence, but violence. But the the perk of not using a club or the swing path itself is that you're not fiddling with your swing. You're just trying to produce fast. Period. Right? It doesn't have to look pretty per se. It just has to be violent. I think I said violent. It's all about intention. Intention. (laughs) That's the word of the day. Have intent with your movements.
1: That's it's it. Beautiful. And you can always like, I mean, it gets a bad rap, but you could always like bounce. You know what I mean? Like you could always use, like you see uh, Instagram models doing their like booty workouts and they're in a squat and they're bound like down the bottom of a squat bouncing. I mean, it looks silly, but I mean, you're getting stuff moving quick. Like, If if the intention's there, if it's violent, if it's a violent booty shake, you might be doing it.
0: (laughs) We just promoted promoted twerking (laughs) on a golf podcast. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Well, seeing as we've gotten into that topic, that actually does reflect something that we need to understand, which is reflexive versus volitional contraction. So we can touch on this really quickly. So reflexive contraction is a muscle goes through a really quick stretch. So if I sit down really quickly, my quad is being stretched very quickly. We have these little guys in there, these little sensors in our legs that when they get quickly stretched, they automatically contract. So we can tap into that when we do something like a vertical jump or a vertical med ball throw, where we're, our body naturally is trying to rebound to produce force. That's unconscious. We have zero control of that versus volitional, or intent-based, which is what Tim just talked about, where I'm trying to produce as much force as possible. Those are both acting together because one of them is unconscious and it's going to happen no matter what. But the faster that – so if you've ever seen someone vertically jump like for a test or at the NFL Combine it's a great example, they don't squat all the way down to the floor and then jump up. It's a very quick down-up, right? They're getting that quick stretch of their glutes, quick stretch of their quads, and they're violently getting north as quickly as they can. They're volitionally trying to jump as high as they can, but unconsciously that reflexive system that we've been so God blessed with is working to help us produce force as well. So it's important for us to understand that we do have kind of a built-in system that lets us do that, but we have to have intent with that. So Tim was just talking about that little booty bounce, that quick bounce (laughs) can't even say it with straight face. <laughs> Where's Nicki Minaj when you need her? I'm glad we're not good enough at this to post that. <laughs> I, <yeah.
1: laughs> right. If we had a Jamie to pull up Nicki Minaj and uh, what's the other one? Cardi B.
0: Oh, gosh. No, I, no, <laughs> no. Anyways, that's an important, important thing to understand. Shoot. I don't even know where the that's hell it. we are now. All right.
1: No, but so that, uh, the, a jump isn't a great example of this one, but the, the second piece of getting more power is, is the range of motion, right? The length of whatever movement you're doing. So you'll watch a vertical jump. You don't want to be super long there, right? You just want like a quick down and up and explode through the, through the roof. Something like a golf swing or even that shot, like the shot put we were talking about and we looked at earlier. One thing is to keep the same technique right? And just get stronger. So you can yes. produce more force and produce more speed. The other way we can do that is, all right, you don't get any stronger, but you get more mobile, you're moving through more range of motion. If we're talking physics, right, the levers are a little bit longer, we're moving through right. more distance. And as, as a consequence of physics, we're generating more speed and power.
0: Right. The animal example here, I think is very helpful. So if you think of something like a turtle or I think of something that digs like an armadillo or something like that versus a bunny or versus a ostrich, right? An ostrich has super long legs. They are not very strong in small. Like if I ask them to dig, like really dig the ground, they're not very good at it. But if I ask something that's low to the ground with really short levers to dig, They can do that all day long because it's a short lever. It's very short. It's very strong. It's very powerful. Or it's it's certainly powerful, but definitely strong where it can just dig. An ostrich is fast because it can produce. It's got these big, long levers, so you're getting more distance. And understand that power, or excuse me, force is really, or work, as you want to call it, is force divided by distance. Right? So that distance the longer that is we're going to have a higher output of power right it's it's not as strong in short doses so we just talked about like the shorter guy producing force has to be like really really quick because the guy with longer levers it's a longer lever it can produce a little bit more force they're a little bit taller so exactly. that that is an important thing to understand is the longer that lever is now, There's also a breaking point to that. If you're too mobile, you have to have strength through a much bigger range of motion. Whereas Tim Mm -hmm. used the excellent talk a couple of weeks back about bumpers and bowling, where you really don't have that far to move. So you're going to stay within that no matter what. But if you have all this excess motion and it's not strong, that is a problem.
1: Yeah, then you need to coordinate it, you know, you need that smooth, controlled, coordinated movement.
0: Sexy. That's all there is to it. Sexy. That's right. That's right. What else? What else? Anything else we need to talk about with with power? Um,
1: Ooh. Yes. Go ahead. Tim, do
0: you lose power as you age?
1: Oh, that's an interesting question. Ah. I think there's a simple answer we can both agree on. Yes a fact of life right you lose like after 30 basically you lose muscle mass you lose bone density mother nature's so what's a bitch. the
0: point what's the why why do we even train what's the what's the idea here
1: well like all good things in life without struggle nothing comes right so you can work on these things you can put your body under the uh stresses and and demands that you are looking for and then you can you can slow the natural progression um to the best of your ability i mean you can always you can always get stronger from where you are today right if you didn't do anything yesterday and you did something today you're going to be stronger tomorrow so there's you can always work on it um but it is an inevitable thing that it's going to go down
0: Mm mm-hmm I think Phil look, uh, Phil
1: Mickelson's a great example of this, right? Cuz he he looks excellent. about the same as he was when he first got on the tour. But he had some middle years where he cle- like he had arthritis and stuff going on. So he's he had other stuff going on. But I think uh-huh. recently you see his resurgence cuz he's now started to take care of his health, his body, he's working out, he's eating better. Um he's in better shape. So he's older and he's hitting the ball longer than he did 10 years ago for sure.
0: Yep. And there was a great, I'm looking it up right now. So one of my favorite guys is Max Schmarzo. He's the strong by science uh, mm-hmm. guy. I don't know if you follow him or not. Just excellent info on, on working. But the other day he had, I'm going to find it. Cause it was, it was just fantastic. But he basically was talking about how, yes, as time goes on, we lose the ability to produce force. However, Oh, here it is right here. Okay. So. I'm going to read this verbatim because I think it's worth it. So the lack of sprinting, jumping and power-based training in most people working out who are greater than 20 years old is astounding. Why would you stop being athletic for the last 75% of your life? The best way to get in shape is to stay in shape. And so, uh, you know, several things you can glean from that. Number one, people stop doing athletic things when they're done with sports. And it really doesn't make any sense because, Can you get more powerful as an 85-year-old person? 1,000%. You have a ceiling. There is no question everyone has a ceiling. Most people never even get close, not even kind of close, even to genetic potential. Most people are like, oh, I'm just not gifted. You've never even used any of your gifts or seen what your gifts could do. Right. I mean, it's it is amazing to me that we've seen. That's why we talk so much about, you know, this golf strong project is building athletes. I want golfers to be athletes. Golfers are athletes, too. You need to train like an athlete. If you want your power and your strength and your mobility to increase, you have to train them to increase. But we just view those things as like, oh, I can't do that. Only 20 year olds can do that. Right. No, no, no. As we age, yes, we slowly decay over time. From the time we're born to the time we die, we're slowly just getting closer towards death and decay. There's no question about that. But we're not optimizing that time. So if we go up and come down, we're staying at like a third of that potential because we don't train power, we don't train strength, and we don't get more mobile. We don't take care of our nutrition. We don't sleep at night. We treat our bodies like garbage. You've got one temple. One mm-hmm. temple. Why are you not treating it well? You've only been given one temple to live in. You should tidy it up once in a while.
1: That's it. You know, my my favorite is I'll ask people to jump uh, in the clinic or with me or whatever, you know, especially runners. Be like, all right, just jump in place. And they're like, oh man, yeah. I haven't yeah. done this in a long time. It's like, well, yeah. You know, it, when you were 15 and you were shooting hoops in the in the driveway all day, Yeah, If I asked you to shoot a free throw right now, you'd probably make it, right? I haven't shot a basketball in – well, I played in a basketball league last year. So before that, I hadn't shot a basketball in like 15 years. If you had asked me at that point, make a free throw, it's not happening, sir. It's not happening. So you have to to practice.
0: I think something that everyone should watch too. Now, I get that they are amazing athletes, but the Olympics, you had several people that were like north of 40 – Mm -hmm. being absolute monsters, right? It is possible to do. Now, do I expect you to train like an Olympian? No, but you can do way more than you think. I have seen 45 plus way up people jump. You know, we have masters Mm -hmm. Olympic lifting, right? I'm talking like 50 or 45 year old plus people. I'm not sure what the cutoff is. I just had one of my, Clients I've been helping with a knee problem get bronze after having like a severe knee issue. Like you've got people that are snatching and clean and jerking. Yeah. Like that is power. That those, that is a power sport, you know, power lifting gets the power name. Olympic lifting is the power sport.
1: Big time, big time. And you've got uh, USA track and field has an 85 plus division for all the events.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's sprinters, are throwers. Now the numbers might impressive. be a little lower, but yeah, they're yeah. impressive. Yeah. Well, if you're 85 and you're you know and you're out there running 100 meters as fast as you can, I mean, right. First of all, you're on the track, and a lot of 85 yeah. year olds are not. They're on awesome. the other side of the earth, you know. Yeah. So what it comes down to, yeah, is is just not limiting yourself, right? Because yeah. even the okay. even the Olympics, a lot we have a lot of genetic freaks, right? We also have a lot of people that are just random. You know, Jack and Jill that works at Home Depot and, you know, trains in his off time or trains in her off time. Very true. You know, very true.
0: It's just, it's taking, it's making your health a priority. We've talked about this before. We don't have to get philosophical about it, but people, we just talked about temples. People don't treat their temple the way, you know, you treat your body like garbage. You get, you put garbage in, you get garbage out. You could give two craps about how you sleep. You don't really want to work out you know hopefully the people listening to this podcast do want to do those things and that's why they're changing it but Tim and I both in our you know fields of choice see people who are older and even people that shouldn't be having the struggles they have when they're 40 30 40 50 60 that you know they they have trouble walking they can't get out of bed if they fall it's the end of the world right falls are the biggest difficulty with older patients cuz they can't get up off the floor you know one of the first things that we do with people if they can't get up off the floor we make, that's one of our goals. Can you get off the floor? We're going to work on it. You you should feel confident and strong that you can live your entire life to the best of its ability. Lifelong performance, period. You should be able to be powerful, strong, mobile, confident, healthy. I mean, I see it now all the time, even with these people that are like 105, 106 years old, they work out every day. They're okay. in the pool, they're walking, you know, very few of them are truly sedentary are there certain anecdotes of people like that sure but for the most part that's not the rule
1: a hundred percent you know there are two and i think there are two groups we're talking to right so there's the group that aren't familiar with exercise or training and trying to get into it you get the side also that's doing that is exercising regularly right and they're Mm -hmm. they they're doing the right thing or they're well-intentioned um but there might not be a specific goal in sight or a, or they're, what they're doing in the gym doesn't have an end goal or an outcome in sight, right? Or it, it clearly defined at least. So yes. first off, you have to ask yourself, what what's my goal, right? Am I just trying to be healthier in general and I don't have any other goals outside of that because that's a big enough goal? Awesome. Do it. But if power and speed are your goals, first, like we talked about, we're getting stronger baseline without doing anything about speed. And then we're working on that intention and just getting violent and aggressive and moving as quickly as humanly possible.
0: Yeah. And Tim, I think that's a, that's just a beautiful point is the people that are working out now, we want to make sure that you're not wasting time. Mm -hmm. You know, your time is finite and to the both groups, your time is finite. You only have so much time to work on certain things during a week. So don't waste 45 minutes doing a bunch of things that you really don't need to be bothering doing. You know, if you're doing power work and you're throwing a medicine ball because you think doing it like the golf swing is benefiting you, we could be doing three other things in that time that would benefit you more. Or if you're a novice, you've not done any of this and you're just wasting time like, oh, well, I think I should, you know, do the leg press for four sets of 30 or I I think that that's the best thing. You're also not using your time optimally to succeed. Right. We've talked about power today and the importance of that, but we want to talk about these things because we want you guys to know where you're not going to waste time because time we don't have, everyone has the same amount, you know, in terms of a day, right? We're only given 24 hours. You've got life, you've got kids, you've got all this stuff. Let's not waste time in the gym. Let's optimize it so that you know, okay, you know what? I don't have to throw this medicine ball just like a golf swing. I can just throw it into the ground as hard as I damn can and call it a day. That's all I got to do. I don't have to go crazy. Right. Those are things that are going to help you guys.
1: And let me ask you, so you talked about efficiency, right? It is power a thing where more is better? Like if I can do more reps and just keep going all day longer than my opponent, is that better?
0: No. Power is something you do I don't do a ton of in terms of like volume in a workout so for instance i've got a guy right now so one of his workouts i actually treat it as a couplet which i think we've maybe discussed on here before where he does vertical jumps and a squat
1: right
0: he's a he's a younger guy um 27 years old so i'll have him do three sets of three vertical jumps max height vertical jumps not like bounce 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 although there is some help to rebound type movements but we're not talking about that right now but just jump high as you can land softly wait a second jump high as you can land softly in between those sets it's like a minute off get into the barbell do your squat do another three sets of jumps get into the barbell etc but they're only doing nine total reps of Mm -hmm. violent movement now in their squat I am asking them sit with control and be violent as you stand but the weight's too heavy for them to stand quickly. It's limiting how fast they can stand, but mentally I want them thinking about standing quickly, but I'm not gonna, so I used the example earlier of the guy that hit like in 30 minutes, he was hitting like three fast as he could shots a minute. You're not producing hundred percent of force. The key factor in this is that, are you producing 100% of your force? If the answer is no, we're not truly speed training. Right. Right? You're actually, your endurance is playing a role at this point because you're tired. Fatigue should play no role in speed training. You should not be tired. Right. Usain Bolt is not tired when he runs 100 meters. Those two guys we showed you earlier are not tired when they're throwing the uh, shot put or discus or javelin, whatever. They're not fatigued. They are 100% in that event.
1: Yep. That's it.
0: I think that covers pretty much everything. Great, great it does. The,
1: the, the last The last point I want to make is clubhead speed doesn't isn't the end all be all, Ooh, right? Yes. So if you've ever been to a Trackman um, facility or like sim, similar launch monitors, would do the same thing where they have uh, like a smash factor. Yeah, that's just a cool way to. They're they're basically just taking your clubhead speed and then the speed of the ball when it leaves your clubhead and comparing the two, right? Because right. if you swing the club hundred miles an hour. You'd expect that the ball would leave, uh, leave the club face at least at that speed, most likely higher than that. Right. So you can look at your, you can look at your technique, or even just little changes in club path and face angle and things like that can make a huge difference here. So, you know, that's not our area of expertise, right? For for the technique and the swing driven um, mechanics go to a swing coach, a PGA professional and, and talk about that. If you know, and, and this is for the people that are doing the exercise, they're doing the right stuff in the gym and they're trying to get stronger, but they just hit a plateau or, um, can't seem to add the distance or add the speed right. that they want. Maybe it's a technique thing. Um, cause you can, I mean, you were talking earlier about, you know, trying to swing as hard as you can. When I go to our local place, they have a track man. When I'm trying hard, I swing the slowest. And then when I like one of my friends was asking me how fast do you swing the club, and I think with a driver I'm like one, I think like one twelve or something like that miles an hour. And he's like, but you, and then he got up and he he swings fast and hard, and he's trying hard. And we sw- we were swinging the same. Right. He was like one fifteen. Right. So it's, there is a technique factor. So if you are doing the right stuff, you're working with someone like one of us and you're, you're really trying hard on your, on the physical side of things, maybe check out a, you know, get a lesson or, or check out a PGA professional and just work the technique a little bit because that's probably going to get you further.
0: And that again, brings the point back to where we, yes, we will work on speed, maybe at the, with your golf club in hand, I mostly want to develop it as much as I can in the gym because when you grip a club, that club should be loose. It should not feel like you're gripping it to death because when you grip it to death, your ball flight tells you everything you need to know. Like when I grip the club to death, I tend to just slice because I'm just, I'm not my wrist. Everything is, everything is tight and stiff. Smooth is fast and fast is smooth in the golf game and really in anything right? We just talked about those shot putters. They may look violent and they're throwing it far, but they're relaxed as a whole. They're producing violence almost automatically. That's what we want out of the golf swing. So Tim does bring up a great point that a lot goes into distance, right? Your technique, your equipment. Sometimes your equipment's Mm -hmm. not optimized for what you can do. If you're an older gentleman, maybe you need something that's a little more flexible. If you're younger, maybe you can go a little bit stiffer. Whatever it ends up being, You have to adjust those things and then you include power, strength, and mobility. All of those together, create Voltron of hitting the ball further. (laughs) So love it. That's it. That's it. So side note to all of our listeners, all six of you, or five, however many of you there are now, all of you people listening, Tim and I have a golf strong project seminar that we are starting to do, talking about what to do in the gym, how to do it, why you're doing it, how to train as a golfer with a practical and a seminar component. If you think your golf course would be interested in us coming and giving you a literal in-depth examination of how to train as a golfer, including talking some things about rehab and recovery and how to load manage all those things, shoot us an email, golfstrongproject at gmail.com. Shoot us a DM. As always, you've got Mister trivoto.golf.com that are trivott on Instagram and the Facebooks. You can follow me at jackson.anchorforge again on Instagram or Facebook. Shoot us a DM. Uh, we're starting to go to clubs now and given the seminar, we'll be putting out more of that content soon. If you think your club or yourself would benefit from that, shoot us a message, subscribe, click the bell for notifications on YouTube. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We've got episode five. What is this?
1: Oh what is geez. this?
0: You done messed up AA Ron. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. No, anybody anybody listening anybody listening can't tell. It's fine. <laughs> Perfect. YouTube doesn't notice. Tim, final thoughts.
1: That's it. Get after it this weekend. Hydrate. I know it's hot up here, hot and humid. Probably is down there too. Drink plenty of water tonight, tomorrow three-year-round. Have fun.
0: End of story. Be smooth, be fast, be fast, be smooth. That's it, y'all. Have a good weekend. We'll see you.
1: Peace.